Hey, badasses, this is Yanni, your win woman, and I'm thrilled to be able to bring you another episode of Building Badassery. This week, we're going to dive into what I know has been occurring for many of us, not only during this period of time, this pandemic, but even before that, and will continue to likely occur afterwards. It's called being held bostage. We're going to dive into that word and what it means, but we're also going to dive into how to charm our way out of being held bostage and what charming communication is all about. So I'm excited to dive in with you. Sit down, relax, and let's get started. So let's swan dive right in. What does this word bostage mean? So funny enough, I was watching on Disney Plus a couple weeks ago. I was an avid watcher waiting for it to, for an episode to drop every single Friday. It was a diary of a future president. It's such a well done, feel good type series where it basically forecasts Um, In the future, the United States having a female president, and then it backtracks to when they were in middle school and what amounted to now their presidency. And it's just this great series on a Latina young girl finding herself in middle school, navigating that sixth grade year and the awkwardness and being overly ambitious and goal-driven. And she's trying to just navigate the social cues of, you know, being in middle school. So the mom in the series is played by Selena Leva, who you probably know her from Origin, Orange is the New Black. And she does such a phenomenal job of playing the mom in this series. So she's an attorney. And in this particular episode, she is, she finally lands this case that is just the right case for her and what happens is that she has to second chair her boss and during the series and during this episode you notice that basically the boss is wanting to spend more time with her venting about what's happening in the family or personally and that's bleeding into the mom's personal time with her family, with her boyfriend, that sort of thing. And so finally, one of the coworkers in the law firm tells, tells uh, the mom, Hey, you're being held bostage. And I found that word absolutely fascinating. So I'm sure you can probably think of a moment and maybe even during this time that you've been held, you have been held bostage or you're being held bostage. And what it means, it's basically you're being held hostage by your boss and it's spending a lot more time than needed, maybe outside personal time on projects and um, trying to be a friend to them, that sort of thing. And so it's funny enough, um, right now what I have been hearing and questions that I have been dropped in was how do I navigate 
this climate as it relates to being held hostage. So what's happening now as we basically round out and begin week four of what this remote working situation happens um, or this remote working situation that has been happening for the last couple weeks is that bosses and managers and supervisors feel the need to check in much more regularly than just a normal workday when we would go to the office. And of course, you always have your micromanagers, but then this particular case, it's getting to that point where bosses are just checking in morning, noon, night, checking in, how's your, how's it going? How's it, you know, things, how are things doing? And it gets to be really tedious. Now I'm going to give managers and supervisors the benefit of the doubt here. I get it. You want to check in with your employees. You want to make sure that they're okay, but you also want to make sure that they're proactive and productive. Uh, what's happening too is that they're just calling you at the random you know, moments in the day and perhaps they're having happy hour or they are watching their kids um, play outside and they are just looking for a relief. And I understand that many of our managers, our supervisors dive into work because it's an outlet. Maybe their home life isn't the right thing that it should be. And this is something that is a disconnection. But that shouldn't be at your own expense as an employee. So one of the things that we talked about last week was how to set boundaries. And that will be a continued key as you navigate how to have effective communication with your employees, but likewise with your supervisor about the boundaries that are needed within your working relationship and beyond. So I want to dig a little deeper with you to understand this term bostage. And I would want to share with you that it's not necessarily always a negative. Doesn't mean that it's always a positive either, but I just want to share a couple of scenarios and highlight some of the positives in this particular situation of why somebody may be holding you bostage in this particular case. So in the event of a boss, what ends up happening is there's a level of trust that has been built. And specifically when it's the bostage nature tends to be when they're oversharing or they are comfortable enough to, to share even personal information. So you've built a level of trust with them. Does it mean that you have to give up or disrupt your own flow and your own style no, it doesn't. I want to make sure that you don't ever feel uncomfortable or taken advantage of here. Later on, we're going to talk about getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, but this is not the case for it. If you feel uncomfortable in these scenarios or you feel uncomfortable going in on a deeper level with your boss or obligated to share what have you, what we want to start doing is putting boundaries in place. And so I want to highlight for you here how we're going to go into a conversation. And I'm actually taking this directly from the Diary of a Future President episode five titled Whistleblower, where Gabby, the mom, is having this conversation with her boss. So in the scenario, I'm going to use the name of her boss being Joy. In the scenario, it takes place after hours at home 
where Gabby, the the mom, is is really having a conversation with her daughter about something personal that had just gone on. And all of a sudden, her phone rings and it's her boss. She picks up. And she has a conversation with with her about, you know, and she sets boundaries with her. And so in this in this uh, scenario, it's it's important to note that the boss has been highly reliant on on Gabby over the last week and has called this evening not for something business related, but for a personal weigh in. Okay, so the conversation the conversation went a little like this. So you know, Joy calls, which is the boss, and asks for some kind of personal weigh in on on. I believe it was clothes or what to wear. And then at that time, Gabby cuts her off for a second and says, Joy, I really appreciate that you can trust and confide in me. I'm in the middle of something here at home. Can we touch base tomorrow at work? And so at that point, the boss, you know, on the other line, you can see that she was agreeable to that. She then says, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. If it was a weekend or thank you so much. See you tomorrow. I adjusted a little bit of the verbiage from the actual episode, it's not verbatim, to actually showcase a little bit more on the empathetic side and also to really clearly define the boundaries here that are being set. We're going to dive into these scenarios a little bit deeper in this episode on other life scenarios that you'll face and how to use both empathy and boundary setting to put your needs first. So here's the thing, I want to get super crystal clear with you. This isn't just for those of you who have bosses or are bosses yourself, and I'm not trying to knock the managers and the supervisors out there during this time. That's not my intention. You can even hold your friend's friend stitch during this time or at any time actually, if you limit your conversations to just negative. Here's the thing, nobody wants to be around that and I'm just here to bring it to light. The point here is being cognizant of what you're doing. So let's step back for a moment and let's think about this for a second. What does setting boundaries sound like? And here's the thing, we're back at it. Boundaries, once again. Yeah, Yanni, I remember last week you talked about those. I did. And the thing is, is that boundaries coincide so spectacularly with charming communication. Because if we don't have boundaries and we don't put ourselves first, we're going to fall last. We're going to be resentful. And that's not what a person that we want to be around or that other people want to be around. So I want to start thinking through this with you for a second. What does setting boundaries actually sound like? So before we set the boundaries, right, during this boss stage or even a friend stage or a client stage for for that matter. I'm sure there's a ton of times that clients even hold you hostage. We need to think about the first step is our likelihood of trying to self-sabotage because we do. We instinctively try to do this the minute that something gets hard, but more importantly, when we're trying to set a boundary. Now, I love Whitney Goodman. She is a therapist um, in South Florida, and I recently had an opportunity to hear her speak at the Power Up Summit for FIU Business. If you love her and as much as I do or haven't heard of her, you should follow her at Sit With Wit. 
on Instagram. She has a ton of great knowledge regarding setting boundaries and how to set boundaries with empathy, some mantras to follow. I absolutely love the content that she's generating. And I've paraphrased and pulled some of this for you today. And so one of the things with self-sabotage, we got to think about really relaying back a mantra that feels true to us. So Whitney says, these are a couple of mantras for when boundary setting is really difficult or really hard for us. So one can be, this is what's best for me. So whatever boundary you're about to set, before you set it with someone, you communicate it with someone, you want to think to yourself, this is what's best for me. Another version of that can be, I have boundaries and love for this person. So sometimes we forget and we think about boundaries at some something of a negative thing. And we feel that the person, we don't, we might not have love for them, and which is far from the truth, right? So that's a bound, another boundary mantra. I have boundaries and love for this person. And lastly, sometimes it's just as simple as this is what I need right now. Again, just saying that, and I, I can't begin to tell you how much during this pandemic, those words have come out of my mouth in my marriage and just my relationships is this is what I need right now. And I just leave it at that because it's just, it rings so true to me. So those are some mantras to think about when we're about to self-sabotage and right before we are about to set them. So I also want to put together some phrases that we tend to default in during boundary setting, which dilutes the message that we're trying to say to the other person, okay? So sometimes we say things like, it's not a big deal, but, and then insert whatever boundary. No worries, I was just thinking, and then insert whatever boundary. Or sometimes we even use emojis that are the opposite of what we feel before we set the boundary. Those are all methods, and this is all great stuff that Whitney has put together for for us in her Instagram page and some of the things to follow. But this is a great piece of advice, is not diluting the message that we're trying to get out there regarding setting the boundary and how we communicate with those around us. We don't wanna dilute it, and I know exactly what you mean, but Yanni, doesn't it sound like I'm a bitch if I do it this way, right? So let's talk about that for a second. And that's about having a little bit of empathy and a little bit of boundary setting, having a combination of two. And so the thing is, is that sometimes boundary setting these days can make you feel like a real asshole. And I personally prefer to empathize with the person across from me and always make sure that I'm seeing things from not only my perspective, but from the perspective of the other person. As we dive into, and later on in this season, we will get into negotiation, this is a huge piece, is understanding where is the other person across the table coming from? And how am I adding, hindering? What are the common misconceptions that they already think about the conversation we're about to have? Okay, these are all great scenarios for us to run through. It's like saying and thinking to ourselves, we know exactly all the objections we're about to face, maybe in a negotiation or we're asking for business. We know, you know, that people have budgetary issues. We know all the objections, but we don't 
always have a plan on how we're dealing with it. So in this particular scenario, when I'm talking about boundary setting, I mean, how are we dealing with the person across the table and how we are empathizing with the scenario, but also being true to ourselves and setting the boundary. So it's about being relatable, but also being authentic to ourselves. So I'm gonna give you a couple of scenarios. So sometimes you might be in a scenario where if someone asks you for money, so maybe they're asking you, you know, to, to spot them on something or to borrow money. And maybe at this time, this is not something that's feasible for you. Or you just, at the end of the day, maybe you just don't even want to do it. Whatever the reason for it, it's not something you need to disclose, but it's something that rings true to you. So it could look like this as far as verbiage. You can say, I know you're struggling financially right now. And that can, has to be so difficult for you and perhaps your family. That right there, that first part of the sentence is empathy. You're, empath- you're empathizing right there with the person, with their scenario across the table. The boundary then comes in right after and it just goes into it very smoothly and says, I can't lend you the money at this time. So the full sentence is, I know that you're struggling financially right now. That must be so different. For, that must be so difficult for you and your family. I can't lend you the money at this time. That's the boundary, and I, I can, I can almost feel it—the cringe, right? Oh God, I have to tell them that I can't do it. Um, but this is what boundary setting looks like. Let me give you a couple more scenarios. So, one of the things that I can imagine it is happening, especially with my Latin families, but minority families, all families, really, there's not a distinction here, but perhaps your family has an expectation of wanting to see you during COVID-19, right? They have an expectation of you passing by, checking in on them or what have you. And perhaps you're right now not feeling comfortable leaving your house, you know, understandably, So something like that boundary setting looks like, I can see why it would upset you that I haven't come to visit. I know you would like me to be there. That's empathy. I am practicing social distancing and want to protect us both during this time. And therefore I will not be visiting in person. So those, those two those that compilation of the empathy and the boundary setting are examples of of that specific scenario of let's say your family and the expectation that they want to see you during this time all right and lastly and this is something that i have um a question that always is asked from me during times with us small business owners what ends up happening and as you can imagine at this time it must be extremely difficult across the board for small business owners, nonprofit organizations, and for-profit organizations. Um, we've, we've all pivoted our businesses and what we're doing. But it doesn't matter if it's now or if it's later on past this pandemic. For some reason or another, when we start a business or even during our business, you're going to have people, friends, family, what have you, want to have the hookup with you with your business. And I'm just gonna pause for a second. I'm gonna tell you, for those of you who have ever asked for a discount, a hookup or whatever it is, it is so difficult as a small business owner to make it 
And not only that, but to sustain our lifestyles. The biggest way for you to support our business and to support our growth, not just our lifestyles, like I said before. I mean, I meant more like sustain our business and to scale our business. The biggest thing, the biggest help that you can do by supporting our business is by buying the actual product and not asking for a discount. So that was my PSA for the for the day. Do not ask for discounts with your friends and family. Support the business. So, but needless to say, there'll always be people who will continue to ask for business and not offer to to pay you. So maybe ask for a product or service and not offer to pay you. I'm in the service industry. This gets asked all the time, whether it be guidance on negotiating, taking a look at a contract, um, helping with fundraising. Can you look at a grant for me? It happens all the time. And so a way to pivot that conversation and the way for those of you who are out there, because it's an uncomfortable situation to have with your friends and with your family members or those of you who you trust, right? It's uncomfortable to ask to have that conversation. So for those of you in this scenario, I, I, I listed it as a friend scenario that was asking for a product or service in your business and isn't offering you to pay, isn't offering to pay you. So it's something like, the verbiage for that can go like this. I know you rely on me and my expertise to assist you in your business. I cannot at this time spare to provide pro bono work for you and must focus on serving the clients I have to grow my business. I'm going to repeat that one more time. So just to kind of give you those that empathy scenario and then the boundary scenario. So I know you rely on me and my expertise to assist you in your business. That is empathy. But at this time, I cannot spare extra time to provide pro bono work for you and must really focus on the clients I have to grow my business. So again, it's it's being true to yourself. It's relatable. You're, you're empathizing with a scenario in front of you and you can feel free to add more empathy. But what you don't want to do is say, it's not a big deal, but, or no worries, I was just thinking, like I was mentioning that self-sabotaging to dilute the message that you're trying to do with the boundary setting. You want to be very kind, very clear and concise when you are expressing the empathy towards the person and then setting the boundary. Here's the thing, everyone, and when we're having conversations, especially during this time, but not only that, past this time. This is a great opportunity to have a moment to set boundaries with yourself, with your relationships, with your clients, with um, with the world around you. It's a perfect opportunity to learn how to boundary set, to learn how to, to feel a little bit uncomfortable and really get comfortable with the uncomfortable boundary setting. I understand that it's not an easy thing to do, but I definitely want you to think about ways that you put yourself first because without that, without you putting yourself first, you cannot serve anybody else. It's just, it's, it's literally impossible. You need to put yourself first. And I'm here as an advocate for badassery and an advocate for you to think about an opportunity this week to set a boundary and think about the messaging around that. How can we use empathy 
And how can we actually set the boundary to put that in place? And that badasses is a wrap. So let's recap for a second. We learned all about what the word bossage means. And we know that it's not just about our bosses holding us hostage, but more importantly, that we have control over any given situation that's in front of us and how we navigate those situations like a bossage situation is by setting boundaries. We made it easy for you today and we added the setting of boundaries with empathy because that mix together is what's going to make it badass. But more importantly, it's what's going to make the message extremely clear for those that are receiving it and for you to also communicate it. So next week, I'm so excited because we're going to dive into one of my favorite topics, which is politics. And I get it. I understand that everybody can hesitate during that topic, but it's not just about the type of politics as we know it, which is the two-party system in our country. Now, this politics discussion will revolve around social capital and how do we build it? Because here's the thing, how we conquer this world and actually conquer badassery as we're building it is by building influence. Whether it's you being a corporate conqueror or building the empire of your dreams with your small business, we need to learn how to build influence in the given field that you are in. So I'm excited to dive into this topic with you. So thank you so much once again for joining me on this journey of building badassery. I'm Yanni San Luis and I am your win woman. I'll see you next week. <laughs>